0: Okay, rule one is you have to be alone. Rule two, you have to start on the lowest floor and go all the way up.
1: Everybody knows one of these stories. You know, the bridge where if you honk three times, uh, a murdered prom queen appears hanging from a lamppost. Under normal circumstances, I might even have laughed off. The Doram Elevator to the beyond. Except.
2: How did some kids in a college in Illinois even find your
1: email address? From flyers put up around campus.
2: When did you put up flyers?
1: I didn't. These were far from normal circumstances. I'm Blake Elrich, and this is Out of Sight.
2: Turn off some two exits.
1: Cool. So, remember last week when that kid, Lindsay, the nightmare artist, Gave us that pyramid-shaped puzzle box covered in intricate designs. Well, Lazari hasn't stopped trying to open it ever since. Aren't you the one who told me not to open doors?
2: I said be careful opening doors. I'm being careful.
1: On what basis?
2: More careful than we're being right now. We'll be fine. Blake. We got our last case referral from someone's imaginary uncle. We got this one from flyers we didn't put up. Am I the only one getting a severe trap vibe, or...?
1: I mean, that leaves two choices, right? Speculate forever, or spring the trap and see what happens. Laz, you know I'll take you to the nearest airport with zero hard feelings.
2: If I wanted that, I wouldn't be sitting here in the first place.
1: There's nothing wrong with your headphones. Lazeri sounds like that for a reason. And it's not my reason to share. Okay, Laz and me are making our way through the campus of Illinois University toward the dorm where we're meeting the students. Looks kind of... Would you say gothic?
0: Or Hogwarts. Yo, are you Blake?
1: In the quad, we bump into Marcos Calderos and Wendy Trang. Marcos, short and excitable, is the head of the Student Paranormal Society, or SPS. Look, if anyone can't make fun of shit like that, it's me. Wendy is whatever you call the second-in-command of a college ghost-chasing society. They're also a couple. How did you know it was me? Was
0: there a photo on the flyer? Uh, Not at all. More just your older... Uh, you're new on campus. And we
2: probably look like we live out in an RV.
1: This is Lazari. She's here to keep me humble.
3: But on the subject of the flyer... I have a couple copies in my dorm. We can show you after.
1: After the elevator. This way. Moments later, on the far end of campus, we arrive at
0: Collingswood House.
3: Uh, that's what it says on the door?
0: Everyone on campus calls it the pit. Only freshmen stay here. Anyone older gets the hell out. Because it's haunted? Because it's falling apart.
1: He's not kidding. The floors, the couches, the paint on the walls. If I didn't know it was built in 1888, I would have guessed it was older. We start toward the sleek new elevators against the opposite wall.
0: Uh, Not those over here. This thing's ancient. People still use it?
3: I mean, you're always going to go to the newer less scary ones first, but if they're in use and you're in a hurry,
0: or if you don't know the stories which are wouldn't you rather hear them inside the elevator?
3: Marcos. Oh my god. Can you open the gate by
2: hand? Old school.
0: Going up.
3: You're embarrassing.
1: The elevator floor is scuffed tile. The walls are wood, inlaid with wrought iron grids through which you can see the concrete elevator shaft outside. A single, dull, yellow light bulb
0: overhead. I don't need to tell you how rickety it is. You can hear that for yourself. We don't have the exact installation date for this elevator, but we know it was no later than 1915. It's been restored and updated since then, but a lot of the original parts are still here, including the main car itself.
2: Where'd you get 1915 from?
0: I'm so very glad you asked. Ugh. The oldest existing news articles that reference this elevator tell the story of a student named Edmund Mills, who was attending this school that self-same year.
2: Self-same?
0: He rode this elevator all the way up to the 14th floor and jumped down the shaft to his death at the bottom. Sad story. Also impossible. What? Think about it. He goes to the very top floor of the building, opens the elevator door from the hallway, and falls all the way to the very bottom of the shaft.
2: Right.
0: The elevator itself. It couldn't go any higher. And it wasn't below Edmund to break his fall. Where did it go?
3: So the news stories are wrong?
0: Or maybe it was something else entirely.
3: How can you be such a dad? You're not even 25.
1: The door creaks open on the 14th floor, but Marcos hits the door close button before we can get out.
0: Ever since that fateful day, this dorm has had a legend. If you ride this elevator to the top floor, like we just did, and then you stay on and close the doors, like we just did, and you wait right here for an hour. This elevator goes to another dimension, and it takes you with it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sorry, Uh, two other things I should have mentioned. You have to be alone for it to work, and you're never gonna be able to keep the elevator here for an hour. You've tried it, then. Oh, dozens of times. Someone always calls the car before I make it the full hour.
3: It's a busy dorm. I forget, your record is... Forty-six
0: spine-tingling minutes.
3: See, why did I even...
0: Wendy's the one with the best stories. She actually lived here as a freshman.
3: Oh, yeah? You have to understand, before the pit, I was not into this supernatural stuff at all. Then I lived here for a year. Have you ever heard of Skinwalker Ranch? I'm sure Blake has.
1: Utah, right? Reports of...
3: Mysterious balls of light. Shadow creatures. UFOs. It's one of those places where the boundaries between realities are paper thin. Which means things can get through.
1: And you think the pit is the same? I'll get the...
3: Like, the first month I was here, I came home late one night, went upstairs. I lived on four. Walked down the same hall I'd already walked dozens of times. I got to my room, 409, saw the number on the door. My key worked in the lock. But when I went inside, everything was different. Different how? Let me ask you this. Do I give you a Hello Kitty bedsheets vibe? (laughs) I guess not. So that was one thing. And then... I saw the pictures of somebody else's parents over my bed. Ooh, that's creepy. All I could think to do was go see my RA, right? It was at the far end of the hall. I knocked on her door, and some really angry guy answered. Whoa. Like, scary angry. All blotchy and red, screaming. Like he might hurt me. But he just slammed the door in my face, so... I hung out in this lobby... I slept on that shitty couch over there for a while. Then finally, I went back to my room, and it was my room again.
1: And there's no way it could have been a prank or...
3: If it was, I never got anyone to admit it. And I never saw that angry RA guy again.
1: Wendy's new dorm is a long walk across campus from the pit. I suspect by choice. On the way, we get more background. So is
0: it mostly, like, transdimensional stuff, or...? No, we get everything at the pit. Apparitions in the hallways, photographic orbs. One girl said she was at the mirror in the seventh-floor bathroom. She looked away for a second, and when she looked back, her own face was screaming at her.
2: Always a classic.
0: Oh, hey, there's Fletcher. Fletcher. Yo, Fletch!
1: Marcos flags down a kid ahead of us who drops back to join our group.
0: He's a ghost hunter, dude. You want to tell him your story? I mean, I don't know. Come on. I'll get you a beer after.
4: I, fine. Okay.
1: Turns out Fletcher Green lived in the pit the same year as Wendy. He's one of those basically chilled out guys. But this encounter shook him.
4: So, one night, my girlfriend at the time came over to hang out. She lived off campus. We went down to the parking garage to smoke a J.
3: There's a spot there lots of people use. No smoke alarm, not visible from outside.
4: Yeah. We were out there for, like, half an hour, and we were about to go back inside, but suddenly all the lights in the whole parking garage went out. So it's pitch black, and we used our phone flashlights so we can get back inside and then both our phones just died.
1: Like, simultaneously? Yeah,
4: man, it was fucked up. So we're kinda freaking out, because it's so dark, and you know, everything's kinda scarier when you're that baked. I grabbed Steffi's hand, that's my girlfriend, and we just made our way really slowly and carefully to the exit, and we got outside, and there was moonlight, and I was like, oh, thank God. So I turned around to kiss my girl, but when I turned around, The person holding my hand wasn't my girlfriend. Fuck, dude. She was really tall. Really long black hair and freakishly long arms and like a messed up face.
2: Messed up how?
4: I don't know how to describe. Like, distorted? I didn't get a good look. She yanked her hand out of mine and ran back into the garage.
1: And Steffi?
4: I was freaking out. She was still in there. So I'm working up the nerve, but before I can, Steffi comes running out completely white and shaking. Did something happen to her? She wouldn't say. That's what really messed me up. She wouldn't tell me. She never did. We broke up shortly after. She wasn't the same after that.
1: After thanking Fletcher for his story, we follow Wendy to her dorm and head upstairs.
0: I like Fletch, but bear in mind that might have just been two kids paranoid after getting high.
1: He seemed pretty serious about it.
0: Be that as it may, he's not the most reliable witness. That's what makes the SPS different from bullshit societies. We apply rigorous skepticism to every report. Well... We always try to debunk first.
2: Does that include
0: the elevator legend? I mean, I'm trying, but people always call the elevator before I can get to an hour. There's always something that stops you.
3: It didn't stop Addy.
0: We don't know that.
3: I think we do.
1: Who's Addy? They explain while Wendy looks through her desk for the flyers.
0: Adisa Obasanjo, former student here, former member of the SPS, severely obsessed with the elevator.
3: She was, like, fixated on completing the elevator ritual. Built her life around it. She was probably the only senior ever to actually choose to live in the pit. Near the end, she skipped a lot of class. Rarely left the building. A lot of past tense
0: there. She's been missing since December.
3: Oh, shit. December 12th. That was the last. She just finished a final and was swinging by the pit before an SPS meeting, and then she never showed up.
0: The police are still searching, but.
3: She left behind everything all the stuff in her dorm room, her car.
0: We don't know for sure it was the elevator, but. I do. It's just, about one student a year goes missing at this school.
3: At a school this small?
0: And most of them are unsolved.
3: Found the flyer. Here.
1: Seeking evidence of the paranormal and otherworldly for use in psychical research? Reward offered serious inquiries only. So, definitely not from you. I mean... People know how to reach me on different forums, but I don't put out my private number and email like this.
2: Hey, at least they spelled your name right.
0: You're not freaked out by
1: this?
2: I'm completely freaked out by this.
0: The psychical research part made us think maybe you were part of the official society. The what now? The American Society for Psychical... Not ringing a. Uh, yeah, we're not really society types. And the reward it mentions... Any idea what that would be?
2: The, uh, the lessons we've learned? The friends we've made along the way?
0: You're lucky we found this. It might have pissed someone off. I look
1: up at Laz over the top of the flyer, and we're both thinking the same thing. Time to talk alone. We head back to the RV. This is how I am, Laz. I only know one way to deal with a trap. Walk right into it.
2: Well, I should be there.
1: The kid said I had to be alone.
2: How could he know that?
1: How could he know any of it? The whole thing's a hundred-year game of telephone. What we do know is whoever guided us here wants us looking into this.
2: Whoever's pulling our strings, you mean.
1: I'm going tonight, late. Minimize the chance that someone calls the elevator before I can finish the challenge.
2: What is this magical hour you speak of when college undergrads are asleep?
1: You have a better idea?
2: God damn it. <sighs> Yes.
1: Gotta admit it, she wasn't kidding. Where there's a college, there's a computer lab. And where there's a computer lab, there's a free printer where you can make elevator out of service signs. Obviously, is not a student here, but she looks younger than she is, and people rarely notice she's there. We hit the pit around 2 a.m. and work our way down from the top, taping the sign on every elevator door. Our plan is to do the basement level last and call the elevator from there. On our way down, I call Marcos to make sure I know all the rules.
0: start all over.
1: The door's rusty, but I think I can...
0: Rule four, you have to stand in the elevator for at least an hour. The countdown doesn't start until you've pressed the stop button. Rule five, you're gonna hear voices and noises. They might even call out to you or sound like someone you know. Don't respond to any of it. You have to trick the elevator into forgetting you're there. Rule six. Well, I'm hoping you'll tell me after you get back.
1: Is this the right one?
2: Has to be. The new elevators were a set too.
1: Cool. Here goes. So if I'm not back in an hour.
2: You better fucking be back in an hour.
1: I think that's the first time Lazari's ever hugged me. Certain factors make it impossible to be sure, but I think I'd remember. Passing 11. I'm approaching 12. Last time I was scared in an elevator, I was packed in with those cultists in Seattle. It's a completely different kind of scary when you're alone. Okay, almost at floor 14 and now I wait. Gonna quit talking so the pit forgets I'm here, like Marco said. If the next hour isn't scary, it's gonna be boring as fuck. For a while, nothing. Then about a half hour in, you hear that right? And this isn't even the worst part. That comes a bit after the 40 minute mark. Look, I can't describe it any better than you can hear it. That's something climbing up the shaft below me, right? And that would be the light bulb flickering on and off. Which is great. Did Edmund Mills hear these same sounds all the way back in 1915? Did it somehow open the elevator floor beneath his feet? Is it about to do the same to- Then silence. 10 minutes to go. It takes everything I have not to press door open and get the hell out of here. Finally, my nerve snaps and I reach for the button. But before I can press it, I start moving. And let me be clear about this. I'm going up. How could I be going up? This building only has 14 floors. I guess I can talk now. Whatever test this is, I've passed it. Let me just slide back. It's a hallway, a lot like all the dorm halls below. Except it's really dark and really empty. I'm gonna leave my backpack in the doorway. Last thing I want is this elevator leaving without me. Okay, making my way down the hall now. The vibe is kinda contradictory. On the one hand, this place feels horribly deserted. On the other, I'm pretty sure I am not alone. I've done some urban exploring in my time, abandoned spaces. But this isn't like that. This feels functional. Everywhere I shine my light, a common area. Open books, open snacks, no cobwebs, no dust. Is that... It's music, right? I think it's around the corner. Pretty sure it's one of those dorm rooms on the left. That one. Hello? Is somebody? It's okay, I'm not. Not what? Not a grown man creeping around a college dorm in the middle of the night? What's the reassuring thing to say here? I reach out in the darkness for the light switch, and it works. Nobody here. I see an iPhone. Is that where the music... Wait, no. It's coming from headphones right next to it. So someone was just in the middle of listening to it. Maybe they went to the bathroom or the snack machine? They're about to come back. Maybe I can. And that's when I see the wall. Holy fuck. Okay, S- sorry, S- sorry. Um, so the wall by the bed, right? It's got like scratched into it little hatch marks like in batches of five, like the kind prisoners do or people on desert islands so they won't lose track of how long it's been. And then when I follow the hatch marks along the wall, they abruptly stop. And somebody's scratched in some words there. I'm I'm getting closer so I can... It says... It's okay. I live here now. And just below that, they've scratched in a signature. Addie. Only a few seconds ago, I was hoping for footsteps so I could get some answers from somebody. But when I hear them now... I tear ass back to that elevator like a tsunami is on my heels. Behind me, the footsteps speed up into a run. Sure enough, the elevator doors are trying to close, but my backpack keeps them open just that little bit I need to wedge my way in and jab the basement button until my thumb seizes up. I have Marcos and Wendy meet us in the lounge the next morning. But when I hit the 85-minute mark, and the elevator didn't do anything, I decided to just give up. Shit. It's good news, right? If it worked, that would mean there's some malevolent- We've just been
0: working on it for so long. This was gonna make our reputations in the field.
3: I just wanted to find Addie. We're part behind Student Union. Um, hi?
0: I'm Lazari. i work with Blake. Oh. I thought-
1: Look, guys. I've been doing this shit for years, and I've run into more dead ends than I can count. They suck, but they happen. And all my instincts are telling me that's what this is. I'm sorry, but it's just a creepy elevator.
2: So you want to tell me why you lied to a couple of kids,
1: or...? I didn't actually see who was chasing me. Right. But I know it was Addie.
2: Then why didn't you...?
1: Because she wasn't the same Addie. I know that in my bones. And if she caught me, then I wouldn't be the same Blake. Whatever that place was, it changes people. They're never getting their friend back. At least they don't have to lose each other. We stop off at a roadside motel. Lazeri's knocking wakes me in the small hours. Are you okay?
2: Someone left this outside my door.
1: It's an envelope. Thick, Creamy, white parchment stamped with an actual wax seal. Yes, an actual wax seal with a goddamn insignia in it. What's L-Y-S? Means nothing to me. It's so fancy, I almost feel bad breaking it. But not that bad. There's a letter? There's a letter. You know it's a trap, right?
2: Well, what do we do with traps? Traps. Read it to me.
1: Out of Sight Created by Reflector Entertainment Produced by Gideon Media Written by Jessica Kincaid Directed by Jordana Williams And starring Jorge Cordova and Reina de Corsi. The executive producer is Alexander Amancio. The IP producer is Alexis Otier. sound design by Bart Fassbender, music by Yuchiro Oku, and additional writing by Mac Rogers. The executive producer for Gideon Media is Sean Williams.
3: This episode also features Fernando Gonzalez, Rachel Lynn, and Paco Tolson.